The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. What's up, family? I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of Street Politicians, the, the place, place where, where the, the streets, streets and politics meet. What's good, mice? What's it's been a, a week of yes. all week. Every week is a week. Every week is a week in saying, our lives. Every week is a week. A week is a week. <laughs> a week is like a year in our lives. It is. It is. You know, Sometimes a day is a week. That too. But that's a good thing. That means we're pretty productive. I mean, you know, we do what we do. You know, and we unapologetically do what we do. Absolutely. 100%. So how are you feeling? I feel good. Actually, I feel really good. You know, one, uh, the Grammy performance, I... Phenomenal. I, I'm going to actually... Platform. Thank you very much, sir. Platform. Thank you for supporting me and being there. You, Linda, Angelo, uh, Yandy, Miss Diddy, all of you who were there, um, you know, Irv, just everybody who came together. And I got my little cameo. You did. You, you did. You know what I'm saying? I had my little bullhorn. But everybody came together to support making sure that moment was done properly. Vlad um, was there, Mimi. I mean, so many people yep. um, were there to deal with all my emotions because I definitely was emotional. Yes, I did everything were. from yell to cry, to cry to sleep to practice a million times. Uh, and I realized how hard it is. I mean, what you guys do as artists and entertainers is very different from a person like me who, when I'm speaking, you know, I pretty much know or have a framework of what I need to say. But since I've been doing it for so long, I just kind of take what I know, put it in my You're own words, and I just go. Yeah. But in this particular situation, you gotta know. I had to say the same thing each time. And the amazing Fatima Robinson, who I Shout did not know. I didn't know Fatima. Um, I, we, you know, I had heard that there was this incredible black woman um, who was in the space of choreography and uh, creative development. I'd heard about her, but I never had the opportunity to work with her. And we got the opportunity to see what she, she does. She's amazing and she's dope. And I think I think the way that she just embraces you, right? Yeah. She makes you just feel so comfortable. She doesn't make you feel like she's worked with the biggest artists in the world. Like I've heard she's worked with Aaliyah, the late. Right. Aaliyah. No, she actually produced, produced or was the creative director for Rock the Boat. Rock the Boat, which like is one, one of, of the baddest videos world. ever. So when you when you meet her, right, she's so 
she didn't treat you like you were supposed to know. Like, you know, she she was warm. She was like, very humility. Me. I mean, she like, has so much humility. You got it to me. Like, yes. he was like, I can't. She's like, you got it. It's fine. Everything. And then she came to you and she talked nice. And she came to me. Are you all right? Like, the way that she just does, she's just such a professional. And she was not the creative director just for Little Baby's performance. She was the creative director for much of what we saw um, in, in the uh, entire the Grammy show. Now... You know, I, I recognize, and, and also shout out to our sister, Valicia Butterfield-Jones, who is the Valicia. chief diversity officer at the Grammys. Um, it looks like the Grammys are, they're trying to make changes. Um, the, Harvey Mason, who uh, is now running, uh, he's a black man who is over the Grammys. Um, you know, it looks like they're trying to turn the tide. But they're still kinks. And they're serious kinks. Like, you know, there were even Little Baby in the song that I was a part of, um, The Bigger Picture, that should have been nominated. And it seems that many people felt like they should have been in different categories. I you know, I'm everything black. We're everything black. Mm -hmm. So I think the whole show should be black. But that's, you know, a that's whole different thing. conversation. Um, and I think for me, I'm probably a little jaded because Beyonce... And Meg Thee Stallion for me is like, whoa, yeah. that's amazing. Shout out to B and, and, and Meg. Yeah, you know, they. B. I mean, they, Meg cleaned up. And B broke the record. And she looked amazing. Yeah, and Jay, her husband, was there holding her down. They now have, I think, over 50 Grammys in their household, including Blue including Ivy. Blue They're Ivy. amazing, incredible. That's a Grammy family for real. But you know that Beyonce won her Grammy that night. For Black Parade, which I'm which also you, okay. in. So, listen, so you know, you had I had a Grammy, Grammy night. night. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got your little cameo. So you, you I definitely had a Grammy, got a Grammy night. Man. And all the folks who are like, you know, why, why, why? You know, I think that it, it's important for us to use some of these major opportunities to continue to spread awareness. I know that I I understand white institutions and how. Uh, we don't need them, right? Mm -hmm. We have our own platforms. We have the BET Awards, which, by the way, BET is owned by a white institution as well, which is Viacom. Talk about it. Um, and so all of these... And we should be developing spaces where we're able to honor our own people with large numbers. And I'm sure... And that's something that Puff has been talking about. Mm -hmm. It's something that he's trying to create with Revolt. And, and there's a, a number of people. I mean, you look at News One. You look at the Image Awards, which I've also... Also been nominated for one of the categories. Are oh, you out here cleaning on up? The, on oh, they're gonna hate you, Lord. Well, like, I mean, she out here the image award. Gonna. I mean, they, they, listen, gonna. it's gonna turn into a whole nother thing because people hate to see you winning. Yeah. Like if you was yeah. losing and you were starving, people were like we love you so much. Oh my God. Let me pat you on the head. I was gonna post that today, but I I didn't have a chance to actually post the video. But there was a young woman, and I, she's someone that I can't. I, I mean, everyone's someone, but she's a person that. Um, I, that I think she's she's well known, and I just I can't remember her name at this moment. But she does this whole video where she talks about how people will be with you when you're down, but when God starts blessing you, some of the people that you expect will leave your side, they and because they and can't she, take it, they can't deal with it. It's a it's a people self ask me thing. why I got a car, why you doing good? You ain't got no job. You doing good? You out here eating? You out here flying around the world? You don't have a like job. you don't got no job. What do you what do you do? He a failed rapper. That's that's the that's the thing. You a failed rapper. What you doing flying around enjoying flying around places? But it's interesting that people say you're a failed rapper, right? I, it's like it's like who gets to determine failure? I mean, you right? Know. Because in my opinion, 
What some people may see as failure is God's opportunity to elevate you and put you in the place where he actually feels your voice is best utilized for his calling, right? So for me, you have used your entertainment, your artistry, your raptivism, your skills. And, and, And by the way, we, anyway, I'll get to that later. But you have used those skills. I've seen you use them in detention centers. I've seen you use them helping to get young people to be more creative and to be able to express themselves outside of anger, violence, or what have you. You help them put together um, music. You help them to write lyrics that really is, is, is an opportunity for them to pour out onto the page some of the pain that they are dealing with. Um, you have helped me also to be able to fit in these spaces like the song that I did, Mercy, with Anthony Hamilton and other uh, other things that I've been involved in, you've helped me to be able to do that. You helped me um, on, on T.I.'s album. I mean, there's so many things that we've done together. And you've also, of course, created your own music that I see people writing to you, young people and other men and women, saying that your artistry has helped to change their lives. Of course, we can't forget the uh, great, amazing, historic freestyle that you did um, with Funk Master Flex on Hot 97, which wasn't, it wasn't just a freestyle. It was a history lesson. It was teaching that you were doing, right? But I think the the reason why you had to go to prison for seven years, why you had to uh, sort of be redirected is because you were not necessarily on the path that God has chosen for you. He wanted you to develop the skills, I believe, right? I believe the skill set was important, but the skill set was supposed to be used for spoken word that would actually move the hearts and minds of the people um, from from a political engagement perspective. And so when people say you're a failed rapper, I don't necessarily understand how they get to determine failure when it's very clear to me that what you are actually doing in your personal life has really taken you to the place where you are in your calling. You're walking in your calling. And, and I appreciate that. You know, that's that's dope that you feel that way. And for me, I feel the same way. You know, I never thought I failed at anything. You know, I went to prison and, and you know, unfortunately my career was cut as an entertainer but failed rapper. Like, I've said some of the dopest bars in the world. That's I got right. people who compare me to to my idols. You know, I got people that hit me and tell me like, "You wasn't in Kentucky. We was in Kentucky last week, and this guy stopped us in the middle of a real conversation and was like, "Yo, listen to me. I've been listening to rap my whole life. I know everything. I this there. and that. Listen to me. You the best rap. I had never heard nothing like this. You know, and that's what it is for me. Like when you say something that moves people to to that point to where they that." Enthused and like your 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 rap changed my life. I have young kids come to me and say, "What you said on Funk Flex changed my whole life mm. and perspective on how I live." So I mean, everybody has perspective. Winning and and losing is in the eye of the beholder. So to me, I've been successful, and I'm and I'm actually able to still make my music and deliver it in a manner in which it actually changes lives. Yeah, you know, and it and it go it, it goes according with my purpose. So you know, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm dope. 
You and, know, but- and and we want to use our gifts. You know, they say that your gifts will make room for you. That's right. And then and there are so many people who question why is Tamika in these positions. Listen, number one, favor ain't fair. I don't know why, right? I if 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 you if you look back on my life, a little girl who grew up in the projects in a place where crack cocaine was destroying our community, right? Where I had to step over urine and walk upstairs sometime because walk up 12 flights of stairs to our our clean but little project apartment. Um, you know, with 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 all that happened, the 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 dope fiends and um the violence, all the things that happened, if you Look at that story and think about where I am today and then all that's happened in between. You, one wouldn't believe that I would have made it here. That's right. There could only be Lord, my story is God on our side. That's right. And my faith is very important to me. It leads me in everything that I do. And so I'm not supposed to be here. You're right. Why me? But the question that I think we're challenged with and my pastor W. Franklin Richardson always says, why not you? That's the question, because they say God can take a crooked stick and hit a straight lick, which means that he can take any circumstance, any situation, well, and, 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 and yeah, he can take any situation. I think that's something that the old folks came well, up listen, with. I might use that. Any situation and use it for good. So that's one. But it made me think, because you know, I you have to think every week. I be thinking. You be thinking. Um, and this has been a, a week of deep reflection. I believe that with every challenge, with everything we go through, even if we know that what is being said about us or, um, you know, whatever attacks we're up against, even if we know that they're not true, it's happening for a reason that calls you to reevaluate and to sit with self. So a lot of people wanted to know why I wasn't speaking. For days, I had friends, I had everybody calling me like, you know this is not true, like go, like you. this one we got. Like in other situations, we have to sit and try to figure out how we gonna maneuver because, you know, it's a little difficult. Um, you know, what do we say? I don't wanna hurt anybody's feelings. I don't want to attack anyone. In this situation, it really wasn't that because I can defend myself on the accusations that were thrown at me this in this last week. I could defend it like this without a problem. But it was a cause for reflection, especially when it's coming from a mother. And I sat with myself and it doesn't mean that reflecting is that the determination at the end is that you're wrong. The determination that I came to within myself is actually that I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Now, whether or not we can make adjustments to address some of the issues that we hear, that is what you do in life. But I know that I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. So I feel good about that. But my thought of the day, because the same conversation has come up in other cities. It's come up in Louisville. Uh, You know, shout out to our Louisville family, our Occupy Kentucky family. There are so many people in Louisville who love, respect and honor us, and we honor them, we work together. But there are some who don't like the fact that we were there, or they don't necessarily like the way that we move, the way we operate, the way we organize. And one of the bigger things, one of the biggest things that's come up is this question around us bringing cameras. 
Why? Or, or, us, or us being there for the cameras. And it actually upset some people, which I, I and I want to say because, you know, when people hear you talking about things and they know you're talking about conversations you had with them, then they're like, wait a minute, don't, you know, now you, oh, 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 what you trying to say? I want to be clear that I respect how people can say sometimes you or me, Linda, you or I can say things in a way that feels offensive, mm -hmm. right? So that's one part. But the fundamental issue around cameras is that, especially with the matter of Breonna Taylor, until we showed up, there were no cameras. There fact. literally were no cameras, and that's not a fact. Not saying that there was no, there was definitely not saying there was there no work. People on the ground working. There was work, but there was no. Cameras. There was work. There were people who were organizing. There were people who were on the ground. They were they were calling Brianna's name. And by the way, the main people out there doing that organizing, um, it was her family. Her, her aunt, Bianca Austin, was leading the charge right. to get justice for Brianna. And there were other organizers who were out there doing the work. But we, when we showed up, we brought cameras with us. Each and every time, we helped to elevate a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. We would not have been able to bring the type of spotlight that we did on the city if it had not been for people that are out there every single day. Aaron Jordan, 2K, uh, RIP to Travis, um, CTES, Shamika Paris, uh, Jocelyn, uh, uh, <laughs> Reverend Finley, uh, uh, Sadiqwa Reynolds, um, and just the, the names go on and on for those people who have been out there on the ground, uh, Hannah Drake and Katora Haran. Uh, there's Big so baby. many, right? Big KJ. baby and 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 Karen, right? KJ. There are so many who have been out there. So once once the cameras came, they don't have anything to pick up. They don't have footage if they don't got people that's doing work. So you don't take anything away from that. But we brought the cameras with us. So my thought of the day is: Do people feel like we should keep the movement? quiet and to ourselves. Yeah. Like when 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 a Brianna Taylor situation happens, should we just walk around in circles and just keep it quiet and and only keep it or are we looking for the world to know what's happening? That's and I have a two-part question for my thoughts of the day. The second thing is we keep saying that people are not involved in the movement and we feel everybody should be doing their part. So when we look at people like Portia Williams and uh, uh, Yandy Smith-Harris and now Mendeecees had traveled with us this particular time for the one-year anniversary, um, uh, Young Jock was with us, Carly Red was with us. When people say, well, these folks are not doing anything, they're not involved in the work, and yet they have major platforms and they bring their platforms to a place and help to spotlight, spotlight an issue, do we want to turn them away? And if we, and if we, and when we turn them away, can we, and I'm starting to see this as my own profile has evolved, I'm beginning to see how some people are sitting in their homes, celebrities and otherwise, who actually have the ability to make the type of noise and bring the awareness we need, but they are afraid to do so because they've watched other people be slammed for getting involved. And that's a real thing. So what are we doing? You know, and I say that all the time. It's like, it's like having, when you're an artist, and you're an up-and-coming artist, right? And you can rap. You're dope. But Drake wants to get on the song, right? You don't tell Drake, now nah, you don't get on my This is my song. No, you want Drake to get on the song because you know it's going to get played on every radio station. Mm. You know this is why you get the feature. 
You know what I'm saying? So what happens when you have a, a protest and you have a movement in your town and you have national people come to bring the light to you, it gives you an opportunity to be seen. So I think what happens is a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, and some people have, you know, legitimate rights, but there are other people who feel like they're not doing enough work to be seen, right? Because if you're doing the work, nobody can't stop you from shining. Like when we think about, you know, Hamza, you know, that Travis. Travis, a.k.a. Travis, Travis was going to shine, right? Because he was out there doing the work. When you think about brothers like 2K, when you think about C-Taz, he, he not mad that you come. They embrace you. You know why? Right. Because they really do this work. And when you stand next to them, only thing that's going to happen is going to give the world an opportunity to see them. C-Taz has now got his, his videos going. You know, he's going to have probably be on television. Like, he understands right. his And that place. was a platform that, that we're platform providing that we for provided him. Yeah. Because he took advantage of the space. Of the 2K took advantage, you know. Right. You know, right. so people have taken advantage. The other people who don't take advantage of that moment, they're mad at you. Don't be, I'm giving you the, if, you, if you're telling me that you're just big leader and you're just organizing all that and I bring cameras to see you, right. then they should see what you see in right. yourself. Like now Shamika is running for mayor. Uh, Reverend Tim Finley is running for mayor. So they're trying to do real things. Exactly. You know, Kentucky Alliance. Right, and we and we support that. And there are others. There are a lot of people, you know, uh, folks feeding people, uh, brother uh, 2X, um, a whole lot of work that's happening. But I do understand the issue of people feeling like their voices are drowned out once these big machines come in. It's almost like a form of gentrification, right? Where but everybody I don't, I don't else... Agree. I don't agree with that. No, no, I'm saying because that's how we... they feel. I'm not but, saying that... Okay. I, I'm not, I don't agree. But, I'm saying that that's how they feel. They feel like people are coming in and it, it, like, it takes up so much space and they can't get their voices out there. And this is not in reference to Kentucky. But I saw someone say the other day, we're upset with people who bring attention to a cause, but yet when those people are quiet, it's all it's dead. Nothing is really exactly. happening. So it's I think it's and about you have to, that's a, that's self reflection. That yeah, you it do. is because if we bring attention to the cause and you've been at the cause and we give you the opportunity to highlight it and take the attention we bring somewhere else and you don't do it, then you have to blame yourself. You have to look and say, you know what? I I'm, I don't have the ability to carry this by myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I can. I'm, I'm part of this movement. I want to fight, but you just gotta understand. It's like me being mad at you when we get on the stage and you have a speech and people don't don't hear what I say or don't take the clip from what I say. No, I have to admit. Tamika is a better speaker than me. Tamika is our leader. I don't have a problem playing a role. So when you understand your role in the situation, then I think people get less, you know, they have less of an issue with it. You just have to understand that some people are ordained to do certain things. You might you might have all the heart. You might have all of the resource. You might have all the knowledge. But you might not be the person that can bring light to the situation. I say that all the time. Like, you know, and, and we have this conversation. I believe that Brittany Packnett, Cunningham is brilliant, yes, right? Is. I believe that Amanda Seals is brilliant. I believe that Angela Rye is brilliant. These are brilliant women, and the list goes on. When I watch them, I'm in awe of how they speak. I watch their cadence. I watch. I used to watch my ex, my old boss, not ex-boss, I hate that, old boss, 
do the same thing. He would watch Reverend Jackson, Martin Luther King and others and their speeches and pick up cadence and study his craft so that when he stepped to the microphone, he could do it his own way, but he had his, his own flavor. And, and I do the same with these women. I look at them and I watch them. I'm not envious of them. I'm not angry with them. They know I post them on my page. I text them and say, listen, that was amazing. You know, you guys are saying such great things and, you know, and, and, and we all try to uh, support one another. But it's always the people who don't necessarily feel like they either look like I look or speak like I speak or or and, and by the way, I'm still working on on perfecting my craft um, or, you know, or something about me. That's always they have they have so much to say. Yet there are so Smart. many younger people and other people who are trying to do the same thing I'm doing. They admire these things about me and they're working on their craft. Those individuals, I never have problems with. In fact, when I hear from them, they're like, yo, like that was fire. What can I do? How, where did, how did you, matter of fact, um, Aaron Jordan asked me the other day to give him the paper that my speech was on. He was like, I give, I need, give me that. Like, can I take it? Cause I need to study the different points here. That's powerful. Instead, and, and by the way, there have been moments when Aaron has said, yo, y'all left us and I ain't heard from you in weeks and we've been going through things and I need to talk to you. And, 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 and we've had to have conversations. You know, 2K is always challenging me. Oh my God. All, a lot of me people. Too. I mean, I've heard from everybody and it's not just again in Kentucky, it's across the country. Once you work in communities, you're going to hear from people. I'm just still trying to figure out one, and maybe we, you know, we've answered it or we haven't. Like, like I, my last point on this is important. Dr. King received the Nobel Peace Prize. Now, leading up to him receiving that honor, high honor, and even today, the Nobel P Peace Institution has been uh, exclusionary to black folks to some degree, mm -hmm. right? It has not been a place that black folks have been honored and represented in the ways in which we should. However, Dr. King still stood there and accepted the, the, the award so that he could carry the message, right? Mm -hmm. So we understand that every platform we go on, that it's not it's going not to be the best. It's not always, it's not going to be the best. And especially when you're dealing with white institutions. But really what I think people should be paying attention to is There's what's no being stated. And in that particular forum of the Grammys, particularly, we were able to stand there and say, President Biden, these are the things that we demand from you. Now, if I had the time, we would have broke down this and that and got into all the, but it was a few bars, right? That I have to say something that also kind of rhymes with the music and fits into the song. So it's not, and I'm not, I'm, I'm still learning. So I'm not the 100% the, the best at it, but we took the opportunity to talk about the 400 year history and bring it all the way to the idea that this is not a trend and we need not allies, but accomplices. It, and, and hopefully there are many people who seem like they're satisfied with it. With Love and Hip Hop and the cameras that we continue to bring to Kentucky, this is another forum that yes, I challenge, I've challenged Mona, I've challenged Yandy, I've challenged Viacom, I've challenged their Love and Hip Hop um, um, a brand, right? The, I, I've challenged them all about some of the behavior that we see on the show and the storyline. But what has happened is that because the world changed People need to understand 
Things have changed. We're not in the same place that we were in. Things have changed. People are paying attention. I don't know how long it's going to last, but they're paying attention right now. So while the door is open, we are using the opportunities to bring the message. And so, yes, you will see us on Love & Hip Hop. You're going to see me in another thing that's coming up that people really, really going to be mad about. You will see the Grammys. You're going to see us doing all these things while the door is open. And while we're doing that, we will also be building our own spaces so that we don't have to return to institutions that don't actually appreciate us. That's the us. goal, man. The goal is for us to make sure that people that don't want to hear us, hear us. Because yeah. if we keep talking to the people that want to hear us, we're preaching to the choir. Absolutely. Man. So just so, keep doing what you're doing because we're going to keep doing what we're doing. Every space that they allow us in, that we take space. As a matter of fact, they don't allow us in. We're taking space. Taking space. And every time we get in those spaces, we bring in the same message. It's still women's history, mom. Wow, man. We, you know, and, and with women's every, history is Black history. Yeah, I, we keep I gotta saying say that, that every time. Every women's time. history is Black history. Make no mistake about it. Well, when we think about people like Fatima Robinson, it is yes, certainly. It is, and when we think about people like Kat Trey, who sits on the other side of the camera every single week, I Woman TV. This is actually a labor of love. That's the other thing. People really think. That we just make all this money and that I'm like, yo, I wish. I, you know, you know, and, and I I hope that one day they right. We they're right. I hope one day they're right. <laughs> I'm praying they're right. Be right, now, be right. Keep on speaking into existence. Right man. now, yeah. we have to have six, seven, eight different things going on in order to be able to survive and to thrive and to live the the lives that we want to live for our children, for our families. And I want to say publicly that iWoman TV has been a, a not silent partner, but in some ways a silent partner of street politicians from the beginning when we didn't have a oh, podcast deal with Charlemagne's Black Effect and and you know, I, I heart, um, radio, we did not have that. And still to this day, Cat Trigg and I woman TV has not received one dime. And yet we have one, two, three, four cameras. We have lights. We, we have space. We have Listen, space. That's what it's called, man. It's called family. It's called building this belief. You know, you can't get anything that you don't put anything into. Right. You know, so, I, you know, I love Cat Trigg. I love iWoman TV for the investment that they made in us. And, you know, God willing, the investment will pay off. Yes. Yes. Promising. So women... Because we're the number one... We're going to be the number one podcast. We are the number one already. In our minds. Let me say it again. We're number one already. In our minds, we're number one. We're number one. We're number one. Before we go to the next segment and have our special guest join... We're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, 
and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that could become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. We're talking with our first guest. Which our first is guest. Rashad Bilal. Yes. And you know Rashad. Yes. Rashad Bilal. I've been a guest on his show. You know, Earn Your Leisure. He's dope. He's from the era of hip-hop culture, and he makes finances fun. Mm. You know, he makes it relatable to the hip-hop culture. Financial literacy, right? He's teaching people. Yes, he's teaching yeah. people. He's learning. He has a course on it. You know, I actually seen him on The Breakfast Club, and I was proud to see him because they had interviewed me months ago. Mm. You know, so watching their platform grow. They have the number one podcast on financial literacy. Right. Financial literacy. So we know we need that. I we mean, definitely we were do. just talking about I'm trying how- to get a couple dollars. Right. They think we got millions of dollars. I'm trying to get there. You know what we I'm definitely about? don't, but we should. Don't. For we should. all the work that we do, we absolutely should. Damn and right. so should the rest of us. I mean, this whole issue with um, you know, and a lot of times that's that's what a lot of the bickering and fighting is about. The fact that people are are just trying to make ends we meet and we broke. Yeah. It's a lot of that. So Rashad Bilal, we're about to talk to him. Earn your leisure. Rashad. What's going on, King? Peace, King. Peace, King. Peace, Queen. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's an honor. Good. It's good to have you here. Um, This is the topic of... It was the topic of the election, right? Like, it came down to a lot of people talking about economic empowerment. And um, we all made a lot of commitments that as soon as we could get through stabilizing, if you will, um, the nation, the next thing we needed to really seriously focus on, of course, you know, there's policy, there's still criminal justice issues, but we wanted to definitely focus on economic development in our communities. And I think what we're, um, you know, attempting to do, we have a small business segment uh, that we are, we have integrated into the street politicians brand um, and also speaking with individuals like yourself who is keenly aware and, and teaching, educating people on financial literacy. That's so important. Nah, I appreciate that. And yeah, financial literacy is in vogue right now. It's, it's, it's I don't want to call it the wave because that makes it seem like it's a trend, mm -hmm. but it's encouraging to see so many people. Like we just interviewed Jim Jones. 
Um, I don't know when this will come out, but we ain't even announced that yet. So that's an exclusive. But mm. to hear Jimmy, somebody who, you know, I personally grew up on his music, talk about NFTs, cryptocurrency, you know, investing, starting companies, and like to have that business conversation with somebody that a lot of people might not think, you know, would be able to speak on that level was just dope for us. So it's it's really, really dope um, to see so many people like engaged in financial literacy. Now we have to take the next steps in actually implementing these things. We, we talk about politics. We can't talk about politics without talking about economic empowerment and finances. They go hand in hand. And um, just like Dr. Claude Anderson says um, elegantly in his book, um, you know, when you have enough resources, then you can really have politicians do whatever you want. Mm. But unfortunately in our community for the vast majority of time, all of time, we've never had any resources. So we're always, you know, we're protesting, we're asking, which that's part of the, the process, but we're not demanding anything. Mm. You look at other communities, they're in a position to demand things because it's like, okay, if you don't give this to us, then we're not gonna fund your campaign. We're gonna take a billion dollars away from you. We're gonna defund this, this organization or whatever. And with that comes the threat of losing, you know, their seat and they do what they wanna do. So. Mm. That's something that, you know, is bigger than just, you know, getting a bag and that's part of it, you know, taking care of yourself, taking care of your family. That's obviously, that's the most important thing. But outside of that now it becomes taking care of the community and building a nation. And we have to have economic empowerment to do that. So, you know, I've been thinking about that a lot. You know, you, you brought up a good point about our communities not having the economics and not being able to demand anything, you know, and I've been sitting around saying, you know, I want to organize I want to go to the projects. I want to go to the marginalized communities. What would be the steps that you think we would need to take to sit down and organize them to start moving towards economic empowerment? Um, I think it starts with education young. Right. It all starts with education. It all starts. And that's, that's what our platform is built on, just education. So we have to implement financial literacy early on to children. So whether that's in school, whether that's in after school programs, whether that's, you know, community based organizations, but the earlier we learn, you got to realize, you know, your habits start when you're young. Mm. So it's like when you're 30 years old, it's kind of hard to just become a vegan all of a sudden. You can, if you've been eating fried chicken and pork chops your whole life, you can, but most of the time your habits will dictate the rest of your life from the ages of five to 15. It's been proven. So this is the same economically as well. So if you think about it, you know, as soon as we get money, when we're 10 years old, 12 years old, whatever, the first thing we do is buy a pair of Jordans. The first thing we do is buy a fitted hat. The first thing we do is spend money. So those same habits that we develop as preteens, early teenagers carry with us forever. And, you know, we're creatures of habit. So it's hard to break that habit when you're 25, when you're 30, when you're 40, when you're 50. So if we can teach kids early on the importance of savings, the importance of investing, how real estate works, how stocks works, now they already have a mind frame where even if they're not in a position to actually implement these things, it's already kind of embedded in them. So now they'll have a different way of thinking when they actually are 25, 30 years old. So that's part of it. And then also we have to educate the adults as well because right. a parent can't teach his child what they don't know. Right. So going back to nutrition, it's like a child that's 10 years old nine times out of 10 isn't just gonna choose to be vegan if their parents are eating all kinds of junk food. It's not gonna happen. They're gonna eat whatever their parents eat. So the same thing is true with financial literacy and investing. So once parents actually learn to do better, 
Now that's a trickle down effect on the community. So, I mean, I think it starts at home. I think all things starts at home, but I think financial literacy, financial empowerment definitely starts at home. And I learned that early on, you know, I had a different experience. I went to a public school up until 11th grade, I played basketball. And then I went to private school. I went to one of the most elite private schools in the country. And when I went to private school, that was my first time experiencing people with really wealth. And I was, you know, my white counterparts that I was in school with and their parents was teaching them about real estate stocks. They already knew these things. They knew this because it was in their family conversation mm. where coming from a working class environment, you know, my friends wasn't, we wasn't having that conversation with their family. They was just trying to just, you know, figure out what the next meal was. So I saw that early on and that let me know that the household is extremely important and we have to literally take back that conversation and rework it. And it also the influence that we have in music. So my son is a musician. Your, 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 your comrades and music, which I'm glad I'm starting to see that with Meek Mill tweeting about cryptocurrency, Rick Ross talking about even, you know, obviously Nip, RIP, that's all he talked about. A lot of things that he talked about was economic empowerment, but um, that is helping the financial literacy movement right now because it's being championed by the rappers and, you know, rap has a strong influence in our, in our culture. So once rappers start to say something is cool, now it's not like I right, blowing money fast was, you know, eight years ago. Now it's about, you know, I'm gonna invest, I'm gonna buy wing stops, I'm gonna do these things. So it's, it's, it's a multiple of different things. What would you say the first step is? So if I have a, you know, in my family, I have a five-year-old up to 15, as you said, and I'm a, a mother or, you know, father, parent who does not really have a lot of financial literacy. We don't have the education um, to get started. What would you say is the first thing people need to do? The first thing you need to do is, is educate yourself. And today, fortunately, I don't think education is, is an excuse anymore. Mm. If you're not educated, it's because you're making a decision not to educate yourself. Obviously I'm biased because we have an educational platform with over hundreds of videos on YouTube for free, okay. podcasts for free, Instagram for free, but we're not the only platform. There's literally millions, you can find anything you wanna find online. So the first thing I would do is to, pick a specific area, like, okay, start with stocks. And you can literally just Google stocks 101. But should we to... be at stocks before just learning how to save? Just well, learning what to do with your own cash that comes into hand? Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. So there's, there's basic level that you should know. And yeah, you should know how to save money first. You should know um, how to pay off debt. You should know how to budget. Mm. But these are also things that, you know, are free that on, YouTube for free. Right. I mean, it's like one of these things where, you know, previously information was hidden or it was hard to find. The The powerful thing with social media and, and Google and YouTube is that anything that you want to find in the history of the world is available for you. But right. with that, there's a lot of nonsense that's available as well. So you can spend your whole day just, you know, on trending topics and, you know, who got pregnant on Love & Hip Hop, or you can spend your day educating yourself for free. So the first thing I would do is invest in my education, you know, an hour a day, a half an hour a day, and then you can learn. So what, what made you start Earn Your Legion? Like what made you start the podcast? It's funny because it, it's, it actually, one of the reasons it started was the Bronx. I know that's where you from, Mike. That's right. Um, that's right. So my partner, Troy, was a, was a school teacher in the Bronx and I was a financial advisor. I had just started my financial advising career. 
he had just started teaching uh, middle school in the Bronx. So he asked me to come, it was like a career day. He asked me to come speak to his kids. And at the time I was kind of hesitant because I had hated school my whole life. And I never wanted to go back to school. I just <laughs> get like anxiety attacks. Anytime <laughs> I go back to school, it's just like, it's nerve wracking for me. But um, you know, I did it and I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed the experience. And um, the kids was a lot more receptive than I thought that they might be. That led to a six week program that we started um, where we took kids that was like too old to go to camp, but too young to work. So like ninth, 10th grade. And um, we had job internships for them and they, they did college tours. But part of that, I came in every uh, week for, for six weeks and I taught financial literacy. A good friend of mine that we grew up, Val Valencia Clay, She's a school teacher in love Baltimore. Valencia. I love Valencia. Yeah, yeah, that's our family. So um, she inspired me to really, cause she was putting clips of her classroom on social media. Mm. And that was dope to me because I had never really saw anybody do that. So I kind of copied what she did with the financial literacy. So I was teaching the kids about stocks and you know, all kinds of different stuff. I would tape it and then put it on Instagram. And then that like became like a thing within itself. And then from there, you know, I just did like a bunch of like public access shows. Anybody that would ask me to come on, right. I would come on just talking about financial literacy, but I was doing it in a different way because we was doing it like the backstories of sports entertainment. And it was just a little bit more, you know, fun than just the average financial literacy conversation. That led to people asking, you know, me, if I had a podcast, they wanted me to have a podcast. So I hit Troy, like, you know, you want to start a podcast? He's like, yeah. I'm like, you want to be my partner? He's like, yeah. And then the rest is history. I, I And I guess for me, I feel like, and I kind of have asked you this already, but I'm just thinking that- she's trying to figure out how to get some money. So she she, well, she be asking well, a real question. She's like, listen, what do I got to do? Think... I got a little bit of change. I'm trying to invest. What do I need to do? So yeah, that's my... what we're going to get you. Because I'm about to do that, man. Because I know you know about these stocks. And I've been really mm -hmm. wanting to get into that. You know, I want to invest. But let me go ahead. No, 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 please. It's okay. I jumped in. I have been doing- um, you know, I have been doing some investing. Mm -hmm. I, I picked a few different stocks and, you know, I've been listening to a few of the people who I respect online, 19 Keys and others who've been talking about, you know, different things that we should invest in. And so I've done that. But I feel like it's still, to your point, a need for me to sit and look at the videos and, and really yourself. get a deeper understanding. Because one of the things that I also understand is I could go right now and say to the uh, Biden administration, we need you know a trillion dollars. Doesn't matter. You say the number. But when that money trickles down to our communities, what we do with it is so important. And I feel like in this moment, people don't necessarily know know where to even place their money. So I want to give folks 10 things, five things, if that's what you have, that you know are very specific that you feel like Black folks particularly need to be doing in this moment. You talked about the cryptocurrency piece. What are, you know, if, if you're somebody who has $100,000 sitting in your bank account, what do you suggest happen with that, give us five, five to ten strong things. Yeah, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you some actionable items because that's what our platform is built on, actionable items. But before I give you actionable items, I just want to drill down on this education piece because, mm -hmm. like you said, something that was very um, poignant. You said you listen to 19 Keys, shout out to 19 Keys, that's our bro. Um, but a lot of people are educating themselves of 60, not to say you, but a lot of people are educating themselves of 60 second Instagram right. clips. 
that's not the best way to go about it. If you think about it, like we go to school our whole entire life. We sit in classrooms for eight hours a day. Like, you know, if you want to be a doctor, you got to study for eight years. So I'm not saying that you have to devote that much time to learning, but you have to be willing to invest in yourself. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with working out. Like I can't expect to be a world-class athlete if I'm only working out five minutes a day. But people do that with financial literacy. They do that with investments all the time. Right. And you just invest in things like just because somebody told them like this is a good investment, that's when you're going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. um, investing is a game of knowledge. Gambling is a game of chance. Mm. But you merge the two when you start to invest based off of gambling. So that's something that's extremely important. And I want people to, this, this is not a get rich quick thing. This is something that if you are interested in business, you have to dedicate the time. Now to your question, work on developing a savings. I don't, I don't suggest anybody start investing until they have a savings. So what I, what I suggest is that you have three months minimum. Like if you whatever your monthly expenses are, you want to have three months minimum in a savings account because you never know what could happen and you have to be prepared for anything. Um, that's like the minimum recommended is actually six months. And in a best perfect case scenario, you want to have 12 months of savings in a savings account, rainy day. That's just, you never touch it. That's just online savings. Leave it there. Now, once you're able to do that, of course, you want to work on keeping your credit card debt as low as possible. Credit card debt is crippling not only black and brown communities, the whole entire country, but especially black and brown communities, because we, we, we are affected by everything more than anybody else. So right. Credit card debt is extremely dangerous because it has no end date. It's like predatory lending. If you really think about some of these interest rates, 25%, 28%, like that's like a loan shark. So live below your means. Hmm. Be these are a lot of things that we have to be, we have to have these conversations too. Cause like I said, I'm gonna get to the investment part, but we have to take responsibility. If we are going to Miami and we can't afford it and we're putting it on a credit card just because of financial peer pressure, financial peer pressure is a big thing. Mm -hmm. Meaning like if all of your friends is going on a trip and you're the one friend that doesn't have it, but you're going to put it on a credit card just because you don't want to be the one friend that's missing out, you're doing something that's irresponsible and you're going to hurt yourself and you have to you learn to live in your means and stay in your lane. Now, going to the investing side, if you have never invested in the stock market ever, um, a good way to start is what's called an index fund. So an index fund is... A, is a microcosm of the market it makes it like so they have an s p 500 which is standard and poor's 500 500 companies so whenever you hear the stock market is up or the stock market is down they're not talking about every single stock on the stock market they're using what's called indexes so there's like three main indexes the dow jones the s p 500 and the russell 2000 so you can invest in the s p 500 which is 500 companies and it's from companies from all different sectors so it's like the auto industry the airline industry tech um that is the easiest, that's probably the easiest way to actually invest in the stock market. You're not picking and choosing the stock because that's one of the hardest things that gets people is like, how do I know which stock to buy? How do I know when to buy it? So if you, if you don't know that, you can invest in the S&P 500, Russell 2000, you can invest in the NASDAQ and mm. you just put the money in and just let it and just let it sit and then put money in continuously over the course of time as well. That's another thing. People think like you have to have a large sum of money. One of the things that people are familiar with is a 401k plan because a lot of people have it at their job. The good thing with the 401k is that it forces you to what's called dollar cost average. That's when you're putting money in consistently every single time you get paid, even if it's a small amount. There's a thing called compounding interest. So what over the course of time, you'll build up money. It's like a snowball effect. So if you put $100 in every single paycheck, that might not seem like a lot of money, but you know, in 10 years, 20 years, now you have 
$100,000. Like it builds up over time. And then of course, if you could put more money in then you'll have more money. So that's one way. Another way um, that we you know talk about investing in the stock market is what's called the ETF. So an ETF is similar to an index fund, but it's, it's a little bit more specific. ETF stands for exchange traded fund. So an ETF covers one particular industry. So mm, like okay. if you want, if you want to invest in like chip companies, chips, as far as like the chips for computers, right? There's an ETF called SMH. So like NVIDIA is in there, AMD. These are the companies that actually make the chip processes for the actual computers. Right. Or like if you want to invest in marijuana, right? Like you might not know which marijuana um, company that you want to invest in, but there's different ETFs like YOLO right? Mm. Or MJ is another one as well, where they have like, let's say 20 different marijuana companies inside of that ETF. Mm. So the benefit with that is that it's a safer play than just picking one stock. It's like having an all-star team. Like, you know what I mean? You're not, you're not just drafting one player. Like if Kyrie has a bad year, but you got the Eastern conference all-star team, then you're still going to be good because you're balancing it out. So those, those are two easy ways for beginners to start investing in the stock market. As far as I think I got to go back and become a beginner again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going back to the beginning. Yeah, Although actually the stocks that I chose are doing really, really well. Um, and so that's kind of good. Like I can, I can say that. Um, and I, but you just don't know why or how. I don't know why. I don't know how. <laughs> I just know I heard people saying, particularly that Airbnb was doing well. And I was like, okay. And I jumped in. And so now, but now I want to go back to the beginning. I wish that we had time to sit with you and like, we really should really have canceled to. everything on the show. Um, but what we can do, I know what I can commit to doing is sharing more content from Earn Your Leisure That's so right. that people get that. an opportunity to hear um, what you're talking about. I think that our movement, as you said, um, has to include this conversation. The time is right. It's ripe. You know, my son, one of the things that you and I debated and we, we had lots of debates on the road while we were getting people to the polls during the most recent election, two elections, in fact, mm -hmm. um, black men are really ready to have the conversation around sort of not separating from this system, but just having control of our own. Now, black women are the fastest growing um, entrepreneurs in the nation. And so um, we, all, we always understood it was important to have our own, but I think that the context that black men are moving in is actually broader in terms of us really being able to sustain ourselves. And that's gonna have a lot to do with how we spend our money, how we save our money and how we invest it. So I'm looking forward to being an Earn Your Leisure uh, subscriber yes, and MC, getting my knowledge. And university program, we gonna we gotta sign up to that. Nah, I appreciate I appreciate y'all, and thank you for for spreading the, the good word and doing the, the good work. Most importantly, um, you guys have been trailblazers and on the ground, and um, everybody notices what you have done, and uh, we appreciate it because I think we all have a different part to play in the movement, yeah. and uh, what you guys are doing is different from what we're doing, but. We look at what you're doing for inspiration and we appreciate what you're doing. So keep up the great work. Thank you. We appreciate you. you Thank man. you so much. Definitely going to have you back on, man. Thanks for nah, coming. Keep doing the work that you're doing, man. I'd love to see this, this show just blowing up and people paying attention, man, because you got a lot to say, man. So keep it up. Earn your nah, leisure. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Our brother, Please, Rashad Bilal. Thank you so much for being with us. All right. 
The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers, other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. Man, that was really informative. It, it wasn't enough time. I need to learn everything. Listen, I need these tips, man. Yeah, you we know? have to start really... I mean, your kids are small enough that you can really start, start getting working with them, yeah. which you already have said you are. Um, but the but like you're now you have a grandson, right? Oh, and he's, he's like a little button. Um Kassan. and it's like starting there. I'm a G pop. You're a G pop, you know. G-pop. I have lots to say about that because my dad's name and for his grandchildren is Papa, and I'm like what happened to grandpa? Yeah, because uh, that was regular old grandpa. Yeah, Grand, we need grandpas in the world. Go and get them, because I'm a G pop. Uh, well, G pop, G pop better be teaching his grandbaby some real financial literacy skills. And I think that uh, what Bilal is, what, what Rashad, excuse me, is saying is so important that it starts really, really young. And it's just something that we never had an opportunity to learn. And so we're trying to learn know. ourselves. Yeah, they didn't know. I mean, first of all. Most of our parents, especially if they're 60 and better, they were raised by people who were coming out of the enslavement era. Like they were raised by older people who were very close, very close 
to being enslaved, if at least enslaved. their parent, if not enslaved. And so there is a, there certainly is, who the hell was teaching? They wouldn't even let us learn how to read, let alone financial literacy. So we're now, this generation, like I said, everything is changing. Yep. So and we have to evolve with the era. So that was good. dope that he came through, man. We got to bring him back and others like him. Brings me to something I don't get. <laughs> you don't get that? I don't get a lot of things, man. I just don't think, I think we just live in a world that's very strange. We say this every year. No, no, for real. Like, it's just, it's a lot of things that just go through my mind. You know, I was watching the news and um, the Asian community, community is in, in mourning right now. In Atlanta, yeah, man. You know, when a, a, a white man mm -hmm. walked into an yeah. uh, establishment and opened fire. Mm-hmm. And um, I think he killed about eight people. Yeah, eight injured. people, uh, six women. Six women in particularly. And, and, you know, and they had a press conference in which the sheriff gave a statement. And, you know, and he said that the young man was having a bad day. That's a terrorist. That This is what he said. He said the man was having a bad day uh -huh. and he got fed up. That's what he said. This, this is what he said. He, a person, like a homegrown terrorist walks in, because we already understand exactly. the biggest threat to our society is white supremacy. That's yeah. that's a known fact. Right. But this sheriff spoke life. He humanized this terrorist. Like I've never heard anyone humanize before. He said he was having a bad day. Mm. You know, and he got he just got fed up. And when you say things in that manner, that means that that's something that you can identify with. Wow. Because if I'm having a conversation with you and I'm like, well, he just was having a bad day. You know, he just got fed up. That means that I might have felt the same way at the time. You know, I, I might have looked at those same exact people and got fed up and had a bad day. And we just need to chalk it up to that. Well, 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 but, but he does feel that way because... Uh, you know how people do. As soon as you say something crazy, they go back with the tapes and they roll back, especially your social media, and pull up everything that they can find. Which, you know, as a sidebar, that's what pisses me off about people when they say things about us and they know it's not there. Like yeah. we know they look because y'all would have brought it, right? And you know they would, you know, but they, but they don't, they can't find it. But anyway, this particular sheriff. Uh, they found some type of T-shirt and slogan on his page where he was mocking the coronavirus, calling it China, which is something that their the white supremacist leader, Donald Trump, has said. Of course, that was the 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 title that he used for the coronavirus, and it was spelled C H Y dash N A. So this was mockery that he was making, and and of of the Chinese people, right? And therefore. It makes perfect sense Why, that he, he would, would say that this young man, you know, he was he was having a bad day. That's to them. That's really literally what they think. What it, what it comes to. But what I also don't get, if it's okay for me to be in a little bit in your segment today, is I posted about it, mm -hmm. right? And I usually I will either silence my comments, especially like if I post something about the trans community, I always turn my comments off because I, this is not, it's not up for debate. 
I support the trans community, period. That's my personal feeling. And if, if, if when they have a holiday or if someone is killed or something tragic happens or they ask me to uplift something, I use my page to speak to what I believe in. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I will turn the comments off because I don't want the uh, abuse, if you will, because sometimes it's abusive. It happens to me, right? Like even in this moment, I could go to certain pages and people are just piling on. They don't care about humanity. They don't care about people's feelings. So I will turn the comments off. But in this particular situation, I didn't turn my comments off after posting Nina Turner's, um, her, her comments and, you know, calling for an end to Asian hate. Um, I, I didn't turn the comments off. I left them for two reasons. The first reason is because I didn't want to silence black people because black folks have a very valid concern with the Asian community. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to do that. But the other thing is I wanted people to read how vile it is mm -hmm. in the comment section as well. Um, I wanted people to see. I'm not upset again with black folks who say a, the Asian community has not overwhelmingly supported us in our movements. Mm -hmm. They have not overwhelmingly been there for us. We feel they've been missing and there has to be, before you can ask us to help you, we need help. We're tired of helping everybody. We mm -hmm. are tired of it. We lead every movement for everyone. And meanwhile, we still haven't got justice for ourselves. Mm -hmm. I'm with that a thousand percent. But then people started attacking me. And I want to know why is for you, it's okay to try to tell me that I can't care about six women getting shot. It's not okay, but it comes back to trauma, right? It comes back to us understanding what we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. You know, there's also been, when, when they posted that, because, you know, when they posted- About it the first time. The first time. Yeah. I seen it on a lot of people's pages. People was, I seen a lot of people, people were DMing me like, yo, we need to mind our business, this and that. And then they posted a picture of the Asian- Police officer mm -hmm. who stood right by and as watched. Chauvin watched as Chauvin, you know, killed George Murdered. Floyd. That's right. That's right. And they said, "Where was the the, the Asians when this happened?" Right. The Asian so, community. The Asian community when this happened. So even though my humanity wants me to say hey, it's going to allow me and make sure that I say that this is wrong and I'm going to speak up against it, but I understand people have a concern and sometimes that concern fosters into a level of trauma and, and anger. You mm -hmm. know, it, it, it comes into anger. So when they see somebody that they believe is one of the biggest black voices in this country right now, speaking on behalf of people that they don't believe have spoken on their behalf, they become angered with you. Mm -hmm. They they think that, because a lot of them said, they think this is a time for you to say, hey, we understand this and, and we don't like it, but y'all need to show up. They said to, to put... That you're angry about this happening, but not say that they need to show up for us the same way that we are, our leaders are showing up for them. They feel like that's your issue. Yeah, but I think that there is a time and place for everything. And on the night when eight people, and particularly six women, have been shot to death by the same person that would kill us. See, that's, that's the other fact. thing. That's what, We have that's a common enemy. That's because the enemy here is white supremacy and terrorism. That's what we're dealing with, homegrown terror, domestic terrorism. So on the night that that happens, 
I don't feel, and I will never use it as an opportunity to chastise people who just lost lives within their community. Now, as we begin to have more conversations, and those conversations will happen because there is the In Asian Hate campaign and there's going to be panel discussions and, and, and people are going to be bringing it up. At that point, I will find the appropriate way to describe our pain. And by the way, people should check out State of Emergency, my book that is being released on May 11th, because I deal with the issues around the Asian community and other communities who have not stepped up for Black lives in the ways that we should. And what I always say is that if you don't deal with our issues, if you don't deal with Black people's issues, it's coming to your community next. And that's what we see. <laughs> and that's what we see happening. That's what happen in, in, in Georgia is that the issues that have been unaddressed by too many communities showed up at a spa or at a massage parlor against another community, which means that all of us are being forced to have to look at one another and see our, um, our common causes. So I, I am very well versed on what to say. I know what to say, but I, because of my humanity and my morality, that you will not change just because you are angry or you're traumatized. I'm also so traumatized that I, that my big mama, my grandmama, my mama have taught me that you always have to have humiliate, hum, humility for the slain. And that's a fact, man. So once again, we want to send our condolences to the Asian community, to the families who lost their loved ones. You know, and, and, and we stand in solidarity with you. You know, Black people, we definitely understand your sentiments. But right now, we need to be banding together because, like she said, we have a common enemy, and that's white supremacy. And on that note, we want to say thank you for tuning in. We appreciate the love. We the number one show only because <laughs> of y'all, you know, for all the support. Speaking it into existence. Speaking it into existence. If you got something you want to hear on the show, let us know. Send in your replies. Tell us we ain't... Crap, tell us we the best in the world. We take whatever. Listen, hate is love misguided. So we're going to take that also, man. So let us know how you feel. As always, I'm not going to always be right. Tamika is not going to always be wrong. Maybe not. Maybe not. But we will both always be authentic. That's right. Peace, y'all. Thanks for Peace. joining. See you next week. That's how we own it. That's how we own it. That's how we own it. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, now streaming only on Hulu. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC.
There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that could become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. 